is a talent acquisition business, and Billy Napier and the Florida Gators have added some talent. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find my written work on whole nine sports and giants country of SI.com. Twitter is WNS underscore Brandon. Florida Gators, of course, play this Saturday, and this episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's Las Vegas Bowl between the Gators and Oregon State Beavers right here on Sling. Sling is the TV you love for a price you'll love. And moving into content, the Florida Gators have brought in their first transfer portal acquisition of the season. Caleb Banks, six foot seven. 300-pound defensive lineman from Louisville. He's got three years of eligibility remaining. And Caleb Banks is an interesting one because he hasn't played much, had 23 pass rush reps this season for pressure, or 23 pass rush reps in uh, the two seasons in in Louisville, uh, four pressures total, about 17.4% pressures, which, I'm, like, that sounds great, but, of course, it's just, it's such a small sample size where it could be like, well, guess what? He had three pressures in a row and then didn't have any until he had one on his last rep and things like that, where it's like, okay, so it's wildly inconsistent. It's, it's impossible to tell. Um, but the thing that interests, interests me more is, given his size, 6'7", 300 pounds, massive human being, I think he'll most likely play that Javon Dexter three-tech role. Um which is also weird because I know right now most people are probably thinking the starting front four is going to be Prince Leumann Mielin on one side, Antoine Powell Ryland on the other side. Then you've got on the interior, Chris McClellan and Desmond Watson, most likely. Chris McClellan also started playing more of that one tech that Desmond Watson plays where he's putting a little more pass rush work there. And so Caleb Banks' slot is interesting. I do think he plays that three-tech. That seems to be the spot he's best fitted for. When watching the very little college film available on him, just because I had other players' Louisville tape, and, well, he's there. So, that, that yeah, I had other players' Louisville tape. I was watching Caleb Banks on it. And just going back with people that evaluated him when he was coming out of high school... The thing that people kept talking about was his bend, which is weird because you don't have a ton of space to operate in and kind of bend much as an interior rusher. So that's why I'm like, okay, this is clearly a projection ad where they're adding him in and saying, okay, we think he could become an effective interior rusher. I do think that 
you'll sometimes see him line up on the end, which I'll get to in a minute. But yeah, I think the thing that where you say, okay, like like Bend is his biggest trait, and it's Bend and his athletic ability are the two main things that people will talk about when you talk about Caleb Banks because six seven three hundred pounds is huge. Add in a six seven three hundred pound athlete. That sounds like a nightmare. Javon Dexter is someone who's just massive and an athlete, and and that was, I mean, obviously that's what's going to get him drafted, no later than round two in the NFL draft this year. Solid band works on the edge. I think the goal ultimately is for him to be what Javon Dexter was. They want him to be an athletic mismatch for interior linemen where, yeah, bend won't be something he can really do bending around the edge because he won't have an edge to bend around. But just having him be able to be quicker than a lot of interior linemen is going to give them fits. It's going to give them issues. As for working him around the edge and maybe giving him an opportunity to bend, yeah, he's 6'7", 300 pounds. That's huge. You usually don't see people that big working on the edge. But NFL teams have started to do that this year and last year. Well, they'll put defensive tackles over on the edge of stand-up edge rushers. So it wouldn't shock me if that's something where Patrick Tony brought in. That's just, if he brought that in, that's not something that would surprise me, whether it's Boucher Tony or Sean Spencer that wants to do it, or Mike Peterson, whoever wants to do it, wouldn't shock me if Caleb Banks are lining up on the edge a little bit, because like I just mentioned, NFL teams have done it. If you watched Thursday Night Football last week, if you watched yesterday's interview with myself and Jonathan Bostic, we spoke about how the Rams would put a defensive tackle on the field to stand up edge rusher, and that was where the Raiders handed it off to Matt Collins on end arounds and reverses to get that same defensive player in space that same d tackle standing up on the edge in space and outrun him so yeah there are flaws to it but there's also a reason that nfl teams do it you get a big dude on the tackle where he's probably used to facing these smaller more athletic uh defensive ends and edge rushers and so you can create some mismatches and i think that's an important part with florida is as they get more of their guys in they're going to work more on creating those mismatches whether it's in coverage, rushing the passer, and anywhere you could do it, they're going to try to create these mismatches, these size mismatches, these speed mismatches, whatever it is. And so Caleb Banks, I think, helps take this Florida Gators defense. They, they, he helps them take that next step towards doing that, towards being able to be more creative, towards being able to open up and expand your uh, your repertoire a little bit. And I think that for a first transfer portal ad of the season, I think he's a great Transfer lad, obviously, he had an, an official visit this past weekend, fell in love with it, and immediately, immediately, we'll say, we'll, we'll, we'll put air quotes around that because it was, it was a few hours, <laughs> but committed to Florida the day after, the, or the day that the official visit ended. We're about to talk, at some, talk about some other Florida Gators portal needs, but first, fall is in the air. That means that you get to grill with the, these awesome cookouts, tailgate parties, so much more because today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. And luckily, the flavor experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy for you to savor all the flavors of fall with their mouth-watering assortments of perfectly aged steaks, ultra-juicy burgers, and easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. We were grilling this past weekend. Man. 
I love you, Omaha Steaks. Just know that. Now is the perfect time to load up on all this incredible flavor and take advantage of 50% off site-wide by shopping their friends and family sale. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code Locked On at checkout to get $30 off your order. Don't wait. Just go. OmahaSteaks.com. Stock up today. Get it in time for the holidays. Fantastic gifts, by the way. And you won't come close to getting this kind of quality at the grocery store ever. Visit OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code Locked On at checkout, and a minimum order may be required. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And for the rest of today's show, we're going to talk about some portal needs for the Florida Gators. Two on the offensive side, two on the defensive side. We're going to start with the offensive side of the ball. And the obvious one here, quarterback. Uh, I know Florida's been either rumored or confirmed to be in contact with Sam Hartman, who isn't even officially in the transfer portal. Uh, Devin Leary, Jeff Sims, Graham Mertz was on campus this past weekend. Uh, DJ Yongelele, I apologize if I murdered that name. And, here's this, and every quarterback that has ever entered the transfer portal, Florida has been connected to. It's just that everybody is like, okay, well, maybe they'll, maybe they'll be a, uh, maybe they'll be a Gator. Because, obviously, Anthony Richardson declared for the draft. Kitna, no longer at the program. Jack Miller III getting his first game action of the season this week against Oregon State, he will be the starting quarterback, which is going to be a massive test for him, but one that's also going to be incredibly difficult to evaluate. Max Brown is on the roster as a true freshman. I don't think he was even active for, I don't, I, I don't think he traveled with the away team. Uh, I think for home games, obviously he was in uniform, but was was never going to play, if we're going to be honest this year. And Billy Napier is very open about that with Max Brown specifically, where he was like, hey, this is a redshirt year. This is him learning the playbook. This is him learning how to play quarterback for us. This is him learning how to do all these things. And, well, maybe next year he'll be in that competition, which I'm not really expecting it to be. But Florida's pushing for all of these transfer quarterbacks reportedly. I know that I think it was... Uh, 24-7 was like, ah, DJ and DJ Yongile and Yongile, right? Yeah. Um, and the Florida Gators are a perfect fit. I disagree. Um, yeah, no, I, di- I disagree. I think he is one of the worst fits for Florida because he's someone who has been wildly erratic. He's someone who has been so much promise and hasn't really lived up to it. And I think people are just like, oh, they did it with Anthony Richardson. So that's that's the quarterback they want. No, I think for 2023, you're looking more likely at a Devin Leary, at a Sam Hartman if he's available. And you're looking at someone who can come in and compete right away with Jack Miller III, compete right away with Jaden Rashado when he gets on campus, compete right away with Max Brown if he's involved in the competition. Right away is the point. Florida and Billy Napier, they're not going in here going, okay, who are the project-type quarterbacks that we're going to need a couple years to develop? Because here's the thing. As far as 2023 is concerned, if you want to play someone that you need to develop, you just play Jaden Rashada. You know you'll have him for three years if he's if he's a starter. 
So you know you'll have them for three years at least. So if you want someone that, you know, hey, might be a rough year, but we're going to develop them, go Jada Rashada. If you want someone that you feel is a bit safer with a lower ceiling, go Jack Miller III. I'm not saying he's a higher floor, but a lower ceiling. Jack Miller III, if you're more comfortable with him, someone who's been in college football for a couple of years, someone who has uh, been with the playbook and in, in this offensive system for a year, there you go, Jack Miller III. But when you're looking in the portal for Florida as a quarterback, you're looking for someone who can step in right away and kind of, and kind of stabilize the program. Because right now, receivers, you got a ton of young receivers coming in. They look good. You got Ricky Pearsall on campus already. You got Xavier Henderson on campus already. Tight ends, which we're about to talk about. A lot of youth. Offensive line looks very good. Richard Garage likely confirmed going to the draft by accepting the senior role invite. Um, and then defense, you got a lot of young guys coming in. You've got some players stepping up and, and making their next step, hopefully. You want someone that can stabilize the program because right now the biggest thing is who the hell is going to be playing quarterback for the Florida Gators next year. That's what you're looking for in the portal. Also, like I just mentioned, tight end, I think is the next need for the transfer portal list on the offensive side. I like the youth on roster at tight end. I do, obviously. I have not been shy about that at all. I'm not sure if they're ready for 2023. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking, again, someone who could step in right away. Even if, let's say, Florida gets Jaden Platt, the four-star tight end that was committed to Stanford, has decommitted. Um, I know he visited Florida. Let's say Jaden Platt becomes a Gator. I still don't think 2023 looks great for Florida tight ends because freshman tight ends usually don't contribute immediately. That's, that. that's I think, a pretty obvious one. But... I'm also looking more for a pass-catching tight end where Jaden Platt's more of a blocking type. I think Jonathan Odom for 2023, if he's healthy, should be the starting tight end um, in terms of the blocking role that Dante Zanders played this year. I think Jonathan Odom is, one, a better blocker than Dante Zanders. Two, I think he's a better receiver than Dante Zanders. And three, he's got more eligibility remaining than Dante Sanders, so he can step in immediately and play for two years before going to the league. Uh, As far as the pass catching tight end spot, it's not a knock on Keon Zipper that I just think that you can probably get a, I don't want to say more dynamic, but I think you need more than what Keon Zipper brought this year. I think Keon Zipper could do it. I'm obviously a big fan of Keon Zipper. I've been talking about him, but I'm looking at Arkansas State because Seydou Traore has hit the transfer portal. He was, I think, he led the Sun Belt in catches. He was, I think, third, or led the Sun Belt in catches from a tight end. Third, nationally, nationally as a tight end. So Seydou Traore, he'd be my highest priority. Right now, looking at tight ends in the transfer portal, especially pass catching type, it's got to be Traore, and I and I want Billy Napier and I want William Peekler to go out there and go get him. We're about to take a look at the defensive side of the ball, but first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar. It's almost New Year's time. It's almost New Year's resolution time. I know mine is going to be about getting fit. I started doing it a bit early because um needed it, so, so I'm going to say that, needed it. Um, but one thing that you can do if that is going to be your New Year's resolution, order now. 
and start planning now because once the new year's hit you're going to be like oh oh damn it's time to get into action so at least have your plan ready one way to do that is built bar if you've got a sweet tooth like myself which is always my achilles heel here guess what coated in 100 percent chocolate most bars have 130 calories that's it just four net carbs along with 17 grams of protein Built Bars always come out also with new limited time flavors, so you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off of your next order with Built or BuiltBar.com. To wrap up today's show, I don't think there are a ton of portal needs on defense. I alluded to this a little bit earlier when, when talking about not putting a receiver on that list because you have a lot of young players who are going to be coming in from high school that could legitimately be early contributors. You look at, uh, for the offensive side of the receiver, freshman receivers come in and make plays all the time in college football. You look at the defensive side of the ball, freshman DBs come in and make plays often, especially if they're the ball-hawking type where it's like, oh, if a quarterback sees a freshman, they're like, oh, well, that's who I'm going to challenge, especially if he's playing opposite Jason Marshall. That's the guy I'm going to throw at. And then they, they make some mistakes and the freshmen take advantage of that. So that's why it's like, I don't think there are a ton of needs, but I will say the biggest one has to be linebacker. No more Ventro Miller. No more Amari Bernie. And I am perfectly cool with Shamar James and Derek Wingo rolling in as the top two linebackers on the team. I'm even perfectly cool with Scooby Williams being added in there and having the top three linebackers on the team but i can't look at this as a good idea in the sense of i can't say shamar james has a year of playing experience Derek wingo and scooby williams have two seasons of inconsistent playing time i can't look at those three and that experience and say that's a good idea, along with true freshman Jaden Robinson coming in. I can't look at those three and be like, oh, this is an awesome position right now. Like, this is an awesome linebacker room to have. It could be, but I'm looking for some experience, some kind of experience, some kind of leadership, veteran leadership that could step in. I know Derek Wingo has said he wants to step in and be a leader. I'm looking also for veteran leadership. You don't need just one leader. So, I'm looking for veteran leadership. I'm looking at Antonio Greer, who I've spoken about before on the show. The day he hit the transfer portal, I was like, hey, guys, I want him. Linebacker, South Florida, great football player. Mason Cobb, linebacker, Oklahoma State, fantastic football player. Bring him to the SEC, and let's see if he can keep that rolling. Like Those are my top two options when we're looking at off-ball linebackers that could potentially come in immediately and fill the role that Ventra Miller and Amari Bernie are leaving. Because again, I'm fine with Shamar James. I'm fine with Derek Winko. I'm fine with Scooby Williams. But I think you really need a veteran leader in there because it is so hard to go, okay, Shamar James stepping up from rotational to starter, going to be great. Going Derek Winko stepping in from rotational to starter, going to be great. I think it's incredibly hard to project two guys to go from rotational roles to starting roles, as well as projecting 
uh, Scooby Williams to step into a heavier rotational role, Jaden Robinson being a true freshman to step into a rotational role, whoever whoever is going to be the guy that steps up, whether it's Jack Pyburn, I don't care who it is, it's going to be someone without experience. I think you need to add someone who can go in and kind of, again, like I mentioned with quarterback, stabilize the room. I think that's what we're looking for, a linebacker. Looking at edge, I don't care if it's Jack, the stand-up linebacker that Florida has, or just a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end like Prince Leo Me Ellen played. I will also say, I don't think it's a, not even massive, I don't think it's a, a big need at all. I think that you could add someone who could contribute immediately, though, because Florida has a massive 2023 class, especially along the defensive front where it's like, oh, are you a stand-up pass rusher? Are you a hand-in-the-dirt pass rusher? Are you an interior defensive lineman? Are you a more run-focused defensive end? What are you? That's going to be hard to figure out, especially while you're looking at this 2023 class and you've got a lot of those guys that are tweener roles. And a lot of the tweener roles are likely going to become specialists. We're, we're likely going to say, okay, no, you're going to be a three-tech for us. Let's get your weight up. You're going to be a stand-up edge rusher for us. Let's get your weight down a little bit. That's something where you're going to have to figure out and guys are going to have to fluctuate. They're going to have to work with a strength and conditioning program. So I think it could help to bring in someone who could be an immediate 2023 contributor, which again, I think a lot of the guys will be that are coming in from high school. But I also think that it's hard to expect that from them. And I think it's hard to expect them to be positive contributors on a significant uh, on a significant basis and on a consistent basis. So I think that's the difficult part. We're bringing in someone who has just even experience there. Like like Mario Eugenio, uh, Florida kid, leaving Cincinnati Bearcats with their coaching changes. Great size to play on the line. 6'3", 245 is what he's listed at with Cincy. Great size to play on the line. Handwork, way better than probably any true freshman that you're going to get probably better than most guys that are in that portal right now. Yeah, he's got one year of experience with Cincinnati and barely touched the field. But he's got a year of, I mean, he gained, what, 15 pounds this year. He's got a year of strength and conditioning staff. Same reason that I want Prince Dorba to be a look at Florida, and Florida takes a look at. He's from Texas. He plays played for Texas, hit the portal. Florida's shown that they are willing to, to go into Texas and grab a football player. Like, like they've been doing it with recruiting, they're trying to do it. With Portal, they're going to try to do it. Nothing's changed here. Dorba's been with Texas for three years. I believe he's got two years of eligibility remaining. He hasn't played much. Uh, but again, having someone who has... Actually, I think he's got three years of eligibility. Um, having someone who has three years of not just power five, but like high quality power five strength and conditioning is a big plus. That's my biggest concern with these new high school kids coming in is that they are going to have to work with the strength and conditioning staff to get up to speed and get into a a playing weight and a playing size. So you eliminate that by having someone who's got years of experience with that already, and he could step in and be a rotational player for you immediately, again, with the likely starting edges being Antoine Powell Ryland and Princely Uman Mielin. So you just need a rotational guy here. So I think that both Mario and Prince, it's like, okay, well, as long as you play me, <laughs> as long as you play me, I'll be there. I don't need to start because it's playing me is better than I've seen so far in college. 
Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators. We'll probably start to take a look at the Las Vegas Bowl this weekend. For your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with whole nine sports and Giants country of SI.com. And I will see you all tomorrow.